Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Kylie Camps, owner of the Kind Parenting Company, wife, proud mum of twin boys, and happiness advocate. This podcast is a place for women who want more from life. It's your time to cultivate more self-care, compassion, happiness, love, and confidence. Let's have real conversations to help you feel better, choose better, and live your best life. Before we get stuck into today's episode, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor, which is Naked Harvest Supplements. If you're past the breastfeeding stage and you're looking to kickstart your health and fitness journey, then Naked Harvest is for you. As a mum, I know just how hard it can be to prioritize and maintain a healthy lifestyle when you're busy raising happy and healthy little ones. I've personally been using the Naked Harvest Supplements natural pre-workout for a few months now. I've actually finished my tub. (laughs) That's how much I used it. That's how I know I love a product. As long as I hit the bottom, I know that I'm enjoying it. And let me tell you, I have really, really enjoyed the added benefits. Naked Harvest's all-natural pre-workout is specifically formulated to give you a natural energy boost without the added nasties or synthetic stimulants contained in many other pre-workout supplements. You can forget that post-workout crash or those awful jittery feelings. This pre-workout will leave you feeling energized, happy and ready to take on not only your workout, but also everything that you need to take on during the day. Also, Naked Harvest supplements are completely vegan, gluten-free, and refined sugar-free as well. So what more could you want other than, of course, a discount code, which we do have today, and that is KylieCamps15 to score yourself 15% off the Naked Harvest range. Head to nakedharvestsupplements.com or simply click the link in the show notes to visit their website. Now, let's get stuck into today's episode. I really hope you enjoy this episode and as always, I super appreciate it if you take a screenshot right now while you're listening and pop it on your Instagram stories and tag me. I always get such a buzz out of seeing what you're up to while you're listening to the podcast. So let's get stuck into it. Today's podcast is all about a topic that I am all too familiar with, both personally and professionally, and that topic is sleep deprivation. I really wanted to record this podcast today because broken sleep really, really does play a massive role in our lives and it can affect us in so many different ways. And I think sometimes we just get into the habit of accepting broken sleep because often, not often, I would say pretty much always it comes at some stage with the territory of being a parent or just with other things that happen in life, whether it's stress illness, whatever it is, at some stage or another, we can all suffer from not getting a good night's rest. 
I also think there's a bit of mentality nowadays about how important it is to push and hustle and, you know, follow your dreams and all of that, which is amazing. And I totally am on board with it, but not at the cost of getting a good night's rest. So I wanted to explore this topic a bit more with you. And for those who may be new to the podcast, give you a bit more context, I guess, as to why sleep deprivation has played a massive role in my own life. So you may or may not know that I am an infant and child sleep consultant, as well as a happiest baby educator. And this all came about because six years ago, when our beautiful boys were born, we suffered greatly with sleep deprivation. I'm talking, it was extreme torture. And I knew that when I was pregnant, that there would be some sleepless nights ahead, but I really didn't have a grasp or a concept of exactly how much our sleep life would be compromised and how much it could affect every single area of my life. And I know now, even as someone who speaks at events and we hold events as well, we're having another one in November. Um, I think there's maybe 10 tickets left. If you want more info on that, jump onto our website. But we hold events for women with a strong focus on personal growth and development. And we often get asked questions about optimizing life or superfoods or supplements. And, you know, I definitely think those things have a time and a place. But I also think it's so important to get back to basics and really focus on our foundation needs. And sleep is one of those foundation needs. We all know that we need to eat to survive. We all know that we need to drink water and we all need to breathe air. We also need to sleep. Without sleep, we can die eventually. And with broken sleep, we can feel like we're dying. It can be a real struggle. So I wanted to have a conversation with you and share my own experience, both as a mum and also as a sleep consultant, and also offer some tips for you in improving your sleep as well and just prioritizing it. So I guess taking you back to when the boys were born, it was such a baptism of fire having two newborns. Um, you know, one newborn can be a baptism of fire as well, but our two little love bugs, they hardly slept to begin with. And I'm talking, maybe I was getting three to four hours of broken sleep within a 24 hour period for 12 weeks or so. And I can remember a moment really clearly when the boy's dad came home from work and he had just completed a fatigue management course. And he said to me, you know, the facilitator said today that if I was to sleep less than four hours a night for four days in a row, that is considered serious fatigue and it's dangerous and I should not be working. And I just started laughing probably because at that point (laughs) it was all I had in me. I couldn't cry anymore. Um, And I just started laughing and I thought, wow, if you would be considered dangerously fatigued and you shouldn't be showing up for work. What the flip am I doing raising two babies operating in this condition of such extreme sleep deprivation? And that really was the catalyst for us to explore our options. And then that took me down the route of becoming a sleep consultant. But just prior to getting to that moment of realization, the things that I had experienced in those 12 weeks in the lead up to getting to that point where I was finally ready to tackle the sleep problem head on, it was just huge. Everything that I was experiencing, 
obviously with um, having babies, there are the hormonal fluctuations and you do go through the ups and the downs, you know, the release of all of the emotions, the hormones, it all affects you. But add into the mix extreme sleep deprivation and then you're also combating symptoms like forgetfulness, clumsiness, also an inability to see things clearly. Um, And when I say see things, I mean, I guess, be aware of things, regulate your emotions clearly. When you are suffering from sleep deprivation, it's hard to be balanced. You tend to swing far more negative and things that wouldn't impact you so greatly if you weren't suffering from sleep deprivation really do knock you out and take their toll on you. Your emotions are all over the place. You may even find yourself hallucinating, whether that's visually hallucinating or whether you are hearing your baby cry when their baby when your baby's not crying, which is really, really common. I know that for us, our boys went straight into special care only for a week. Thankfully, it was still a really tough week though. And when we came home from hospital, I would forever be hearing a baby cry. I'd be in the shower and I'd be like, oh my gosh, they're crying. And I'd jump out and they wouldn't be. Or, you know, trying to fall asleep and all I could hear was a baby crying because it had just become the soundtrack of my life. So even when they weren't crying, hearing that, it just puts you into a heightened state of stress. And it really does negatively impact your hormones and the way that your body works when you're not getting adequate sleep. So it was a lot. It was definitely a lot, a lot, a lot. Our boys were both on three hourly feeds and three course feeds. So they would go on the boob, then they would have expressed breast milk and then a formula top up as well every three hours. And it would take you know, sometimes upwards of an hour and a half, an hour and 15 minutes to feed one baby. So then it was rinse and repeat with the second one. And by the time you finish that, it was time to start feeding the other one again. So it was just this cycle of never getting a full night's rest. And newborns are designed to sleep in shorter stretches. And that's great. (laughs) But for us as adults, we really need to get a longer stretch of sleep so that we can restore and repair and be ready to function so without going too much I guess into my journey of becoming a sleep consultant in this episode which I can do in another episode for sure but fast forward you know 18 months or so and when I began doing in-home consultations so I would go out to people's homes meet with them show them our methodology work with them to get their babies or toddlers sleeping I kid you not, one of the most common greetings was the door would open and the mum would just burst into tears and give me a big hug or they would say, I'm really sorry, I've just been diagnosed with postnatal depression. Come on in. You know, I'm really emotional. I, I have PND. And whilst I fully, fully believe in postnatal depression, 100%, I believe in it and I believe in proper diagnosis and treatment and support. I also do believe, and again, this is just opinion, um, anecdotal experience is what it is. And I know for myself too, I believe that a lot of us are walking into our GPs and we're listing our symptoms, you know, from being forgetful, from being really teary, having trouble sleeping when we do have the option to sleep, forgetful, foggy, emotional, 
having trouble regulating stress, anxiety, panic attacks, all of those things, we list them to a GP and often the first thing that they'll say is you need to fill out the postnatal depression questionnaire or you know what, I'm confident that you have depression right now because you're you're nailing all the symptoms. And yes, they are symptoms of PND, but they're also symptoms of sleep deprivation. And I don't want to take anything away from PND, like I really don't, but I do want to stress that if you were to take away eating or if you were to take away water, you would struggle. And it's the same with sleep. You will struggle when your sleep is compromised. It affects every area of your life. It is a pillar of wellness. So when that pillar is smashed out from under you because you have a baby or you know a different life circumstance, such as stress that is causing you not to sleep well, of course, there are going to be negative side effects. It just is what it is. So being aware of that and not necessarily jumping to the conclusion of needing a diagnosis or needing to go down the route. And again, I want to be careful and sensitive how I say this, but just being mindful that if you're experiencing those symptoms and you have broken sleep, it's likely very strongly connected. And so when I would be welcomed into these homes by beautiful women and beautiful men as well, and the wives would be talking about postnatal depression or the husbands would bring it up as well, you know, I would always listen with an empathetic ear, but I would also reassure them that I too experienced a lot of those symptoms and it really dramatically improved once I started getting sleep. And yes, explore treatment and yes, stay in touch with your doctor and yes, do all of those things but also really focus on improving your sleep because it's amazing the difference you can feel once you start getting that rest as well. And I have to say, like, you know, again, this, I didn't, didn't track everything. I didn't enter it into a spreadsheet, but just if I had to put a number on it, I would say eight or nine out of 10 mums who shared with me that they were feeling as though, or they had been um, diagnosed as having PND Once their baby and their toddler started sleeping and they started sleeping, I would say easily eight to nine out of 10 parents felt dramatically so much better that they questioned whether or not they did in fact have depression. Um, So I think that that's a really powerful thing to be aware of because it just, it does, it just affects every area of our life, whether you have a newborn or you have a teething toddler, um, it's it's a lot. And so I touched on some of the symptoms earlier, such as being clumsy, forgetful, feeling foggy, but there are other symptoms as well. And there's long-term symptoms that have like massive health implications from heart disease to blood blood pressure, excuse me, cholesterol and all of those things. But in the short term, there's um, poor judgment, as I said, which affects the way we perceive and rationalize events in our life. Insomnia is linked to depression. People who are depressed are often having trouble sleeping and vice versa. It's kind of a two-way street. Also weight gain. There's a massive link between sleep and the peptides that regulate your appetite. Again, it's just it's just messing with our systems really when we're not getting enough sleep. So I just wanted to touch on that and share that with you because 
we need to be aware of it. And there just seems to be so much pressure on mums to not just bounce back physically, but to bounce back in all areas of life, you know, to get back into their social circle, to get back into their work, to tackle a new project, to keep up, you know, seeing their friends and family. And there's just so much pressure on parents in general that just bringing some awareness to the fact that if your sleep's compromised, all other areas of your life will likely be compromised. And rather than pushing through and just going, oh, well, sleeplessness, you know, I'm never going to sleep again. That's just part of parenting. You can really zero in on sleep issues and help your little ones to sleep first and foremost, rather than going, okay, I need to get back into shape or I need to get back out there socially or I need to get back to work or I want to get back on top of the housework or whatever it might be rather than pushing through that sleep deprivation and accepting the side effects and the emotional I guess damage I really suggest to look at what's causing the broken sleep in the first place now if it's a newborn there is definitely a level of surrender to the newborn bubble and I've spoken about this a fair bit on Instagram because it's a question I get a lot or I'll have new parents reach out and say I'm pregnant and I want to get my baby on a routine from day dot and I love that I love the ambition but I am the first one to say no You need to surrender to the newborn bubble and accept that little ones do sleep in short bursts and you just have to do the best that you can do in that instance. And there are things that you can do to help a newborn sleep and we touch on them in program one of our Kind Parenting Company programs. Now, our programs include video tutorials and audio files as well. So if you love a good podcast, you will likely enjoy the programs because you can just tune into the chapters that are relative to you and you can listen just like a podcast. So, you know, whatever you're doing right now, whether you're out and about for a walk, whether you're driving to work or you're cleaning the bathroom or folding the laundry, which is what I'm normally doing when I'm listening, you can be learning as well. So definitely check out program one if you have a newborn because we do speak about evidence-based sleep improvements, but we also are really realistic and we want you to understand that The newborn weeks don't last forever, even though they feel like they do. And around 12 weeks of age, you can, in fact, often get a little more predictability and stability when it comes to sleep. But in the meantime, if you are sharing the load with a partner or a family member or help, definitely try and carve out a window where you can get four hours of straight sleep. So something that we did when we had the boys was... We would take shifts. So I would go and get a four hour stretch from like 6.30 to 10.30 or 7 to 11 or whatever it might be once the boys woke up. But that three or four hour stretch of sleep, four hours is ideal, was enough to power me through until the next four hour stretch. So if you can carve that out for yourself and you're in the the thick of sleep deprivation, That's amazing and that's a game changer and definitely go through everything in program one as well. Now, if it's more to do with your little ones going through a regression or perhaps they're teething or maybe co-sleeping, we also cover those issues as well in the program. 
You will likely, if you have a baby, have heard of the term catnapping and regression. That will be popping up a lot for you, but we we really go over those topics and we do our best to help you through those issues as well because as much as I can sit here and say you need to focus on improving your sleep and I'm definitely going to share some tips for adult sleep, if your baby's not sleeping or your toddler's not sleeping, you can't focus on your own sleep. So you have to get them sorted first and then you can really focus on yourself. And there are just so many different issues, as I said, from regressions to teething to co-sleeping to, you know, there's lots, negative sleep associations, all sorts of things that if I go down that rabbit hole, we'll be here all day. So definitely check out the contents table online of each program and if you need any help shoot us an email but I wanted to share with you a couple of tips for improving your sleep once your little ones have begun to sleep well or perhaps if you're not a parent and you've just been experiencing um, sleep deprivation or trouble falling to sleep these tips may be helpful for you the first one is to become really familiar with your own personal sleep number So when I say sleep number, what I mean by this is to get some data, get some intel on yourself to know how many hours of sleep you personally need to feel really, really well. Because whilst, you know, we can say eight hours is a general rule of thumb for most, the fact is we are all individuals and we are all unique to a certain extent so working out the right amount of sleep for you to feel really really good and for you to have enough energy to get through your day because we all have different levels of activity and I guess emotional um, and you know the mental load it all varies from person to person so you might find that you really really need eight and a half to nine hours of sleep per night to get you through the next day or you might realize that you operate better on seven hours of sleep but the only way you're going to know that is if you keep a log and I would suggest keeping a log for a good week to two weeks where you track what time you fall asleep roughly and what time you wake up but also your energy levels the next day so are you going to bed at 10 getting up at 5 and then feeling like between 2:30 and 3 p.m. you're crashing and you're struggling and that's when you're reaching for a chocolate bar or an energy drink. Noting all of that down is really really important because at the end of the week or two weeks you can look at it objectively. And I think looking at objectively is sometimes where we go wrong as humans because we're emotional creatures, especially us women, but if we can look at things from an objective standpoint it can really propel us forward. So we can go, okay, you know what? I've been getting six hours of sleep per night and I'm absolutely cooked. I'm absolutely exhausted every afternoon the next day. So I'm going to try a week of really making it my goal to get seven and a half hours of sleep or whatever it might be. And then you can go from there and work out if that's a better fit for you to work out your own personal sleep number. I know for myself, I really need eight hours of sleep to feel amazing and have the energy to get me through the next day. Having twin boys, having a business with a couple of different other businesses under it, it can be a lot, a lot of mental tabs open. And I just know if I have a solid eight hours, I am firing on all cylinders and I'm functioning well. I get through a workout well. I don't feel like I need to reach for rubbish food. 
But if my sleep is compromised and I'm only getting five to six hours for whatever reason it might be, or I'm waking up overnight, you know, for example, when the boys were learning to be toilet trained overnight, all of that stuff, it affects how you feel the next day as well. So once you do know your own sleep number, then you can be a little more organized in having a bedtime, which I know, you know, as adults, we might not necessarily want to give ourselves a bedtime, but it can be a really great idea because if you know that you perform well and you feel better off X amount of sleep, you can work backwards and know, okay, I need to wake up at this time each day. So that means I need to be in bed by this time. So I need to start winding down by X time. It's just helpful. I also suggest being really consistent with your own bedtime where possible. So getting into bed at the same time most nights and waking up at the same time every day. And that includes on weekends as well, which I know is an unpopular opinion at times. And if you can get a sleep in, great. And if you enjoy it, awesome. But having a consistent wake and a consistent sleep time really does help regulate your body clock and your circadian rhythm. Um, And just at a physiological level, you start to feel really good and you don't need to rely upon an alarm to wake you up and things like that. Now, I did touch on winding down and that is another tip, introducing a transition period. So a transition period is really important because in this day and age, we are all go, go, go. Like we have, we're just getting bombarded all day, every day, whether it's questions from kids or it's social media notifications or it's work or it's the family group chat, whatever it is, we have so much stimuli coming at us and so much pressure. And it's a lot to ask your brain to just switch off quickly, you know, from go, 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 go. Okay, go ready to sleep now. Doesn't always work that way. So creating a transition period is actively carving out a space before you fall asleep where you start to prep your mind and your body to go slower and to wind down. And we do this with babies and toddlers because we're giving them signals that it's time to sleep. So a transition window for a baby or a toddler or a child is really, really important. But it's also important for us as adults because we want to prep our body and mind to go slower and to know what's coming next and to be ready for that deep restful restorative sleep that we know we need to feel really really well so a transition period may look different from household to household but just as a guideline you may like to have a time where you shut off electronic devices I am trying (laughs) I don't always do it um, but I am actively trying to turn social media off from 7 30 to 8 p.m each night Because I know I will use social media to avoid feeling my feelings. Um, And you can listen to my most recent life update podcast. Um, I shouldn't say that and laugh because I don't do it all the time. But there are times when, you know, I might be feeling lonely or I might be feeling overwhelmed. And rather than sitting with that, it's so tempting to just start going on autopilot with the scroll or filling that time mindlessly and it doesn't serve me so that's something that I am big on either putting your phone on flight mode turning your devices off deleting social media if you need to or I believe um, one of my girlfriends she uses something on her iPhone to turn off her apps from a certain time which I think is just awesome 
So putting some boundaries in place, sometimes we really have to mother ourselves, is a good way to start to wind down. Also a really um, a nice thing to do is obviously a hot or a warm shower or bath. And the reason that this works well is because when we're under the warm, hot water, it makes our core body temperature rise. And then once we're out of that water, it starts to lower, which softens our body and relaxes us and helps us to drift off to sleep. You may also like to use essential oils or burn a candle. I love to journal before I fall asleep. I find it really, really helpful because as a busy mom, I often have 400 million, yes, 400 million um, on a good day, tabs opened. Whereas if I'm journaling and I'm writing down my concerns or my to-do list, things I don't want to forget, at least I know I've captured them on paper. And that's really, really helpful. So a transition period could look like a lot of different things for you. It might be going for a slow walk around the block, if you can do that. It might be foam rolling. It might be journaling, like I mentioned, a gratitude practice, whatever it is. It's important to create your own that works for you. Now, the next little tip is to really be aware of your sleep environment. So we've all experienced that feeling when we go to a beautiful hotel or a beautiful resort. For me, I have it when I go to um, the villas in Byron or the Byron at Byron, where you walk in and you just go, ah, like that feels nice. You can create that at home. All too often, we fill up our master bedrooms with crap and clutter that we don't need to have in there. Personally, I think that your bedroom should be kept for two reasons only, which is sleeping and having sex. I think that keeping your laundry out of there is a good idea. Keeping anything out of your room that kind of mentally weighs you down. So if you look around your bedroom and you've got, you know, a pile of sewing that you've been meaning to get to, that's hard to relax because you're seeing it all the time. Or you've got your computer or a busy calendar, those things can mentally be exhausting and are not conducive to nodding off. So really looking around your sleep environment and asking yourself the question, is this the perfect sleepscape? Do I have beautiful linen? And I am a linen junkie. So if you need any tips on linen, let me know and I'll point you in the right direction. A beautiful candle or a scent, Um, soft lighting. You don't want anything too harsh good quality pillows as well and a really high quality mattress with a pillow topper can make a huge difference. If you are someone who likes to sleep in a completely dark space, then block out blinds are great as well. We had um, DIY blinds come out and do ours. So we have a block out blind and then a sheer over the top. And I know for some people, they need that really, really dark room to sleep. Personally, I like to sleep with just the shears because then my body wakes up when the sun comes up and I love that, but I am a morning person, so not for everyone. But just being aware of what's in your sleep environment and what can you do to make it feel more like a retreat, more like an escape just for you. And it doesn't need to be expensive. Often it's about simplifying. It's removing stuff rather than adding things in. So that's a couple three quick tips on how you may like to improve your sleep. Another one is to introduce a meditation or a mindfulness practice into your day. And this 
is huge. This is transformative and it will make the biggest difference, not just with sleep, but with your waking hours as well. And I have two episodes on the podcast on this topic. So definitely jump back and explore those episodes if you've not listened to them as yet. But anyway, in closing, I just wanted to really stress the importance of sleep. I know it's tempting to want to go out and grab products to optimize your life. And there are amazing products out there for sure. But whilst looking at products or habits or hacks or whatever it is, also look at the basics, look at the food, look at the water, and please look at the sleep. It is so critical to get your sleep life right. Because if you don't, as I've said a million times in this episode, it will compromise all other areas of your life. So make it a priority. I hope you've enjoyed this episode talking all things sleep. And don't forget to jump over to our website, which is thekindparentingcompany.com. Or you can shoot us an email, which is simply hello at thekindparentingcompany.com. And our Instagram is at thekindparentingcompany.com as well. And mine is at Kylie Camps. Thank you so much for listening and I will chat with you really soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.